welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. I am so excited to have Danny Baker as our guest on the Center in the City podcast today. I know Danny from way back when, when I used to teach Pilates and bar at Moda Fitness in Seattle when I first moved to Seattle. Danny was one of my students and it's so fun to stay connected to her over the years and see where she goes and everything that she does. Danny was also part of the Center in the City pilot program so it's so fun to also have her now on the podcast. Danny is an accountant by day turned into a food blogger turned into Top Chef's amateur winner. And I can't wait to have Danny on the podcast today to talk about how we get to practice staying centered while in the kitchen. So settle in and enjoy listening to this episode. Welcome, Danny, to the Center in the City podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I was saying in your introduction of how I used, how we met and how I used to teach you Pilates and how it's so fun to be able to connect in this way. But before we dive in to learn more about, you know, where life has brought you to this moment, I'd love to hear what does centered, being centered mean to you? Yeah. um, For me, I feel like centered, it's a whole like vibe and mindset for me. Um, It is just a recognition of like all of the things that are with not like not within my control. So outside of my control Um, and then recognizing how to still try to like move through my life without dwelling on the things that I can't control. Um, So there's like emotional balance, mental balance, um, and physical balance all within that. Um, But um, yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's pretty much like how I feel about being centered. It's like this deep breath in feeling of Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, let's move on. (laughs) Mm, I love it. I love that you're connecting to like the somatic physical experience of it, as well as the mental and emotional aspect of being balanced and centered as well. Yes. Yes. 
So tell me and tell us, like, how do you practice staying centered in the kitchen? As we know, you know, you were just on Top Chef Amateurs and won, which was so fun to watch <laughs> you win. Tell us, like, how did you practice staying centered when you were in that competition? The whole experience was crazy and very much outside of my comfort zone. I have never cooked live before um, or in front of a camera in that way. I mean, I do like Instagram, like my cooking stories sometimes, but like never in a Top Chef kitchen. <laughs> so there was a lot of breathing that went on in that kitchen. And my um, my Top Chef alum, Tiffany Derry, who was just an absolute dream, really helped me, helped to remind me to like not pay attention to my competitor um, and to take deep breaths and just like really helped get through, get me through that entire process and that experience. Um, and leading up to it um, during quarantine, a lot of just like, again, like meditating, and breathing. I, I have never realized before. I mean, I feel like I knew before this experience, but definitely during that experience, how much I relied on like using breath to just like calm my heart. Mm -hmm. I saw that in the episode it was so fun to watch. And it was fun to watch Tiffany be like, okay, Danny, let's just focus, you know, because you could see, focus. yeah, yeah it was, you could see, you know, how tantalizing all of the vegetable choices were and like menu options were and how she just ground you back into the present moment. And I'm curious, like, what are some, besides breathing, what are some other supportive techniques that you feel like you use in that moment, or you feel like you could use in the future moments, whether you're in a top chef kitchen or not? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, it's, it's really interesting because breathing is like my number one thing that I do in all aspects of my life. Um, and I, I, I don't know if there is like another major thing, like literally the physical act of taking a deep breath, you have to focus on it. Otherwise you like choke. If you like take a deep breath without focusing on it, your body like doesn't know what's going on. And so it really makes you change your focus of, away from things that you can't control to something that you can control. I think also like just really being aware of what I was doing. It's like, okay, here's our plan. Here's our awareness. I'm going to chop these vegetables. We're going to communicate. I mean, it was just like it, but it all started with breath. It, mm. it really did. Um, and, and then also trust, right? Like trusting that, you know, obviously I'd never cooked with Tiffany before. And I rarely cook with other people in my kitchen only because like, I'm, I'm always testing recipes and it's just easier for me to do a lot of that on my own. I'll cook with my mom sometimes. And I do cook with my husband sometimes, but that's not typically the things that make it on my blog. And so 
like all of those things were so new. And so it was like breath and like mental, just like awareness. And then also just trusting Tiffany and making sure that, that I, you know, felt good about where we were going. And she really steered me in the right direction. I like, I feel like the number of times we talked about that damn bowl (laughs) was just like ridiculous. And yeah, I'm just so glad that we, and that she reminded me of like my grandma's cooking and like all of that. Cause I was very frazzled and very much unaware of all of my options in the moment. Well, just slowing that down, I, I think highlighting the microcosm of what happens for you in the kitchen is such a great example of what we can practice in everyday life. So it's like breathing is so essential. Mm-hmm not looking at your competitors, right? Not looking around and getting distracted by everything, focusing the attention, focusing the game plan and really staying rooted to what matters. So coming back to, you know, your essence, your why, I know you've shared and talk about on your blog a lot about what matters to you with cooking is really connecting back to family, to community, Mm -hmm. to memories, Mm -hmm. to laughter. And so bringing that why back into your recipe of choice of making this yummy sweet potato soup. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's such a beautiful kind of map of how we can take that essence and bring it into our everyday life. One of the things I also love that you talked about on the show was you said, you know, you wanted the sweet potato soup to be like a big hug. And yeah. <laughs> you said that to the chefs at the end. And I love that because for me, food is so tied to our emotions just as much as it is to our belly. And so tell me a little bit more about like what that meant for you, that sweet potato soup being tied to a hug. Yeah. Well, I mean the soup, I had never made the soup like this before. I've done a sweet potato puree, which already is on the blog. And it's not even like a puree. It's like a pudding. It's like a sweet potato pudding that I eat a lot when I'm doing um, like dietary detoxes, like whole 30. But this soup was a little different. Um, And (laughs) basically like sweet potatoes in general are something that makes me think of family because growing up at Thanksgiving and Christmas, my mom and my grandma, I I think my grandma started this recipe, but they would make these like sweet potato medallions with brown butter and brown sugar on them. And it was like my favorite thing to eat Mm. in every single, like every single time it was on the table, it was my number one thing that I would put on my um, on my plate. And it was like, when I got older and would take leftovers with me back to college or whatever, it was like, I would be like, mom, are you making like a second batch of this or what's your plan? Because I need I all need of that. this to go with me. So right. Like I, I should actually get that recipe on the blog because it's so simple and it's so good. Like, so sw- sweet potatoes, just create it's comfort for me. Like I can't look at a sweet potato without feeling comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this like thick soup that had a brown sugar bacon, it was like a brown sugar, black pepper bacon, um, 
on top. And then there was also um, cubed sweet potatoes that we baked in the oven that were also tossed in brown sugar, like in the center of the soup. And so it was all of these things. And it just, it, once we landed on the soup, it was like, just, it just happened. It was like, oh my God, all of these things that are just taking me back into my family and these holidays that I've had. And so it literally was a comfort thing for me as I was like giving it to the judges. I felt like I was giving them a slice of my family mm. history. Um, and, um, so when, when chef Eric was like, it's a little thick for me, I'm like, no, you want it thin. Like you are, you are, you want it thick. You like really want it to be just this like all encompassing experience because that's how I remember sweet potatoes, like growing up, which I'm sure sounds so wild, but like, I mean, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to go get some sweet potatoes now after this and just bake some because I love them so much. And they just make me think of my grandma uh, and like my, you know, holidays and my mom and stuff. So. No, I love that because food is also memories. You, I'm, I yeah. lost my mom about 10 years ago. And whenever I cook with garlic and rosemary, it just brings me back to her and how she cooked yeah. the smells that I remember in the kitchen and you know, the smells I remember on her breath when she'd give me a kiss at night. Like yeah. it's just, it, it is so food is so tied to all of these different aspects of our life. And it's, it's so beautiful. So to think about cooking with emotions, I think is mm -hmm. awesome. Tell me, how do you bring that into your blog and how you decide what you're making? Yeah. So, so much of what is on my blog it is rooted somewhere within like a family recipe um, or a family favorite. Um, so my sister will call me up and be like, I'm really craving X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll like test something for the blog. And if you think it's good, maybe it'll go on there. Um, but a lot of my recipes that I put up last year for like Thanksgiving and Christmas or family recipes. And then I also had some recipes that I had planned on putting up and my family actually said I couldn't share those recipes um, publicly. Yeah, it was like, it was like a really funny situation because um, one of them was my grandmother's eggnog, um, which has been a family recipe for so long. And we like found it in my grandmother's handwriting. And I was like, oh my God, this is such a good blog post. Like I have to put this up. And my sister came over and was like, there's no way you're sharing this. And I went on Instagram and was like, you know, talking to my followers, like my sister says, I can't share this recipe. Like you guys might not get to try it. And then so much of my family like called and texted me and was like, you can't put that recipe on your blog. Like that's an heirloom. And so it, it's, it's been a really fun experience because like I said, everything I do is rooted in a recipe that I either have from my grandma, something that I remember eating as a kid, something my mom has created. Um, and then I test these recipes and put my own spin on them. Or they're some of my favorites. Like I just love cookies. So there's, um, 
quite a few cookies on the blog and there's quite a few more cookies coming. I just think cookies are so, so perfect. <laughs> yeah. They're like, and they're so easy to make and then you can freeze the dough and all the things. So, um, yeah. And then of course my husband, whatever he might be craving on any given day is also, um, a contender. His, his palate is pretty heavy. He likes very like heavy, creamy, buttery, cheesy things. And if we ate like that every day, it would be not ideal. So he only gets to like submit certain requests like every once in a while. Cause I can't test things like that four or five times because then I would just be as big of a, as a house. So <laughs> one of the things that, um, you shared in the show in top chef, you were like, Oh my God, grilled radicchio. I've never done this before. I'm, I'm so going to start doing this. And I think that's also great because it shows us how we sometimes get so boxed in by our recipes, whether it's just living in family recipes or making the same five or 10 dishes that we make and every week, just rinsing and repeating, rinsing and repeating. And when I go to the grocery store and do a food shopping, I try to pick at least one new vegetable. So it could be a vegetable I've never cooked with before. It could be a vegetable I haven't played with in a while, but I really try to look for that kind of sparkle glimmer of like something new (laughs) and mix it up. Um, And I'm curious, like, how do you play with any of that? Or how do you expand your horizon? Or how do you kind of have fun in the kitchen besides just adding your Danny twist to some family recipes? Yeah. Well, first of all, so I like hate bitter things. Literally worst flavor for me in the whole wide world. So when I drew bitter, I was like, oh my God, this is so bad. Cause I literally hate bitter. Like it's part of why I don't like chocolate. Um, oh, which is, a huge, yeah, it's a huge debate debacle situation. Um, but yeah, I don't like chocolate because I find chocolate to be very bitter. And I like quit drinking coffee years ago. Cause I just like, couldn't deal with the bitterness and I hate adding all of the sweeteners and all the things to, to it, but, and just staying creative. I love to cook with whatever is in season. So I'm a little less, um, a little less like you saying, I'm going to pick a, a new vegetable or something like that each time I go to the grocery store. Um, but I do try to think about what's in season and play around with that. So like right now we're coming in the stone fruit season, which I love. And I always do something with peaches, but I'm, re- I'm going to actually try out some apricot purees um, or jams or um, preserves or something like that. And then I'm also going to um, work with potentially pickling some apricots. So, you know, things like that. So I, I try to think, and I have this book that shows me like all the things that are in season. And then I, you know, we'll go to the grocery store and be like, Oh, are these things available? Like, um, or if I see something that's really pretty, like, um, rainbow carrots. I'm obsessed with rainbow carrots. And I swear to you, like three years ago, if I had seen rainbow carrots, I would have never even thought twice about them. Um, but now I'm like, Oh, what could I do with this? This is really pretty. Like, how could I make this a fun blog post? 
Um, but to be totally honest, sometimes I'll go to the grocery store and I'll just walk the aisles for hours until I get an inspiration. I'll be like, okay, Pharaoh, love. Okay. And then I'll just walk through the vegetables. I'll pick them up. I'll hold them. Um, and smell them and get inspiration. Um, obviously anything I touch, I use, like, I don't like, I'm not like putting things back, but like, it's like, it's almost like in Harry Potter where they like touch things and they like get inspired or whatever. It's like that happens to me, um, in the grocery store. So my husband never comes grocery shopping with me anymore because it's like such a long I love hearing that. I love hearing that because my husband too prepares me when we go to the grocery store. He's like, okay, can we just go in and out? And I'm like, you know, I don't like to be rushed grocery shopping. And especially during COVID when groceries and supermarkets were a little bit of a scary, unpleasant place to hang out in. There's finally this like, oh, I can take my time a little bit more in the special space and get inspired, see new products, see you know, Mm -hmm. different fruits that are being imported or vegetables. I totally agree with you. It's like a Disneyland. Yeah. Or even just like looking at what are they serving in their hot bar today? Is that inspiring me to make something similar or different, but like inspired by that thing or what's in their bakery case? Do I see a cake that looks delicious that I feel like I need to go home and, and put my own twist on? Um, when I go out to restaurants, it's the same thing. It's like, I try to order new things every time and go to new restaurants or whatever so that I can get inspired, see new menu items, um, taste flavors that I haven't, you know, necessarily put together before. There was this one restaurant in Denver. I don't remember the name of it, but I had these like curry. Mm, I don't know if it was curry. I think it was, I think it was like a green coconut curry with lemongrass and it was mussels like steamed and all of that. And I was like, what is happening right now? And I came, when I got home, I tried to recreate those flavors and I just couldn't get it right. Cause I wanted to do just like a soup out of that with like, um, some meatballs and stuff in it. And, um, or, or like fish fillets or I don't know, whatever. Anyway, but I couldn't get that flavor right. And I was just like, oh my God, it was that broth was so good. And so I love to take, I take inspiration from anywhere and everywhere. Um, So for people who you share a little bit of this on your blog of you weren't a huge chef in your kitchen a few years ago. And that you'd make things, they kind of, you made like biscuits for you and your husband and they tasted super salty. And, and I think a lot, like I know some of my clients who are not big fans of cooking get really intimidated and it just becomes this process and it feels really frustrating that they'd rather just order in or take out frozen food Mm -hmm. and not shaming anybody for their food choices. But how would you inspire people to get a little bit more creative and playful in the kitchen? Yeah, I would just say like, we're never good at anything the first time we try it, right? And like, I find that the food that I cook for myself at home is just so much better in the sense that I get to decide what it tastes like and how it impacts my body. And that's a lot of why I started cooking so much more at home 
Um, it was like the first time I did Whole30, which was, I think, 2017. And I've always loved to be in the kitchen and, and bake with my mom, my grandma, and cook, you know, with family and all these things. And even in college, I was like making these like, you know, throwing these dinner parties. People were like, what are you doing? Like, shouldn't you be like at an actual party? Like, <laughs> um, but I mean, I just really started to appreciate like, oh, this doesn't have to have as much salt content as it does at a restaurant or, you know, at a take-home, in a take-home meal. Um, and sometimes I messed up. A lot of times I messed up. Uh, my So my husband's mom owns restaurants and she's a great cook. And the first time that I made biscuits and gravy for her. Like I have so many biscuits and gravy fail stories. It's actually so amazing. Um, but it's my husband's favorite meal and they like love biscuits and gravy for whatever reason. And the first time I made it for her, I was like, I'm going to make these biscuits from scratch, which I had never done before. And I like make these biscuits, they're hockey pucks. They're so hard. You can't even bite into them and they're burned on the bottom. And then the gravy was, I burned their pan, ruined their pan, had to get them a new pan. Um, and it was just like, <laughs> such a debacle. and that was after I tried to make it for Jesse in San Francisco. And like, it was so salty. Our literally our throats were like on fire because of all the salt, like, but you just can't let any of that, you know, change your willingness to try because you only get better with time. And once you have a little bit more confidence in the kitchen, then you can really make things taste exactly how you want them to taste and satisfy you exactly how you want them to satisfy you. So I guess my advice is like, start with something easy. Maybe that's just grilling a piece of chicken and making your own salad at home or making your own salad dressing. Cause that's actually pretty easy. And you, you can't mess that up really. And you can add, subtract, add, subtract until it's perfect. Um, and, and like, if you are into baking and you want to do baking, like cookies, I'm telling you, they're so easy. And that's why I make them all the time because you can't really mess them up you can play around with them and you can make them better. But I mean, even overcooked cookies are good. You just crumble them up and put them on top of ice cream if they're overcooked a little bit. Um, you know, so it's just like giving yourself grace, I think, and just allowing yourself to fail a little bit and recognizing that you'll be better for it as long as you continue to try. Mm, that's such great advice that you're not great at everything the first time you do it. So to play with it. And I remember when I first started really learning how to cook, I was so intimidated to cook meat. I was started to cook, yeah. I started to cook beans and I would boil beans for like hours and be like, when is this ready? And then realize, oh, I had to let them soak overnight. You know what I mean? You just have to learn. It's yeah. exactly what you, do. you just have to do it and fail and try it. Like this does not taste right. Google can be your best friend to even learn yes. a basic of a recipe to then start to add your own spice and flavor to it. Yeah. And I would say too, like find ways that you can cheat and have substitutes as well. You know, like it's interesting that you said beans because my mom always does beans from scratch. I rarely ever do because they smell so bad 
garbage they're soaking. And I am just <laughs> so like, not true. in all of that. Like, I'm just like, you know what? We are not soaking these beans. We are going to get canned beans. Now they're going to be like organic, like in water. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to look at the labels because I really do care about that stuff. But like beans are not typically something that I'm going to like put on the table from scratch. I mean, maybe that'll change, but I've not had great success with that. And so I just don't let myself get down by the things that haven't worked out for me thus far, you know, mm, just love this. Let's just look for the other opportunities or ways to find shortcuts yeah. or supports to help you out. Yeah. Where exactly. do you feel, you know, in top chef, you have hour to cook a meal, which sounds really intimidating to me, just even hearing it. And especially, you know, having to be at high standards, it's like, how do you practice not letting time affect you or knock you off balance when you're in the kitchen? Obviously Top Chef being a microcosm, but maybe even if you're boiling water or waiting for a cake to bake or those cookies to bake, like how do you practice using and being with time while cooking? Yeah, well, I think it's all about planning. Um, and when I'm recipe testing, if I'm recipe testing or if I'm cooking for like a large event, I host Christmas Eve every year, um, or, you know, anything in that realm. And I, I feel like I kind of took that with me to top chef. Um, it's really about just understanding like the blocks of time that you have that you can use and then filling them with what needs to happen in those moments. Right. So like when we were on the show, it was like, okay, the thing that's going to take the longest is going to be these sweet potatoes. So we need to get these in the water to boil. Um, and, and then the next thing is this radicchio. So then we need to get that in the wood fired oven to caramelize and all of that stuff. So the same thing is at home. So with the blog, if I'm recipe testing and getting a blog post out and playing, my time limits are light because I shoot everything in natural light. So I have to think about, you know, what time of the year is it? When is my best light going to be? When do I need to start, um, you know, testing this recipe so that I can be shooting it by, let's say three, um, or the sun is in the top of the sky and I have the most diffuse light in my kitchen or whatever. And then, and then when is it going to go on the blog? What's the season? La la, all of these things. So time is really like the thing that guides me, I would say on a daily basis, because it allows me to be, um, in just in a good space, like with what I'm doing. And I hate when I surf things late or, um, you know, I, I get something completed and then my son is a little different and, and all that kind of stuff. And so when I first started with the blog, I didn't understand that and I didn't have plans in place. And it was like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, oh, I'm feeling like I'm gonna roast a chicken right now. Let's get that in the oven. And then it was like, you know, 9 PM when it comes out and it's like, oh, I can't take a picture of that. So now I've just roasted that entire chicken and I can't even get it on the blog or I have to get it on the blog in a really unflattering picture, which is like frustrating for me as well. So it's really just like, I feel like I'm so much more aware of my time now. And that is a blessing, um, I think, because it just allows me to um, be more productive 
I hope I answered. I feel like I just rambled on for so long. No, I answered your question. <laughs> no, that was good. And I'm also hearing within that, like time is a tool to help you feel present, like time block. This is what I'm doing right now. This is what yeah. I'm doing. Right and it helps you feel organized yeah. and connected. I'm hearing not feel pressured, not feel, but kind of more yeah. so it's supportive of the organization and the grounding. Tiffany really helped me with the time on the show too. She, she was like, we have time, like stop looking at the clock. We have time. It's going to be okay. So I really leaned on that because I was, I mean, it was very apparent. I was like freaking out at the beginning. I was like, oh my God, God. <laughs> what if we run out of time? She's like, we're going to be fine. We have time. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think that's like also a microcosm of everything, right? Of that, ah, that pressure, I have a deadline. And then it's like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. I have time to do it. Let me just breathe through yeah. it. Exactly. What's, ne- what's next for you with Hey Danny Bakes and all that you're creating? Yeah, you know, I'm just going to continue with the blog. I um, did film some content for a cooking show via a YouTube channel um, this summer. And so I'm working on getting all of that out to the world. Um, you know, make your own food if you can and get in the kitchen. It helped for me. It's like a stress reliever um, to just get in there, work with my hands and then eat this beautiful meal that I created, you know, with my own hands and stuff. So um, I just think it's like a good skill for everyone to have. And I hope that I can continue to inspire people to try to do that for themselves, to make their own food. Amazing. Amazing. So one of the things, I don't know if you remember this, but when you were in the center in the city pilot program, Mm -hmm. how the nourish section, you get to tap into deciding your meals by like how you want to feel calm, focused, energized. How do you connect to any of that recipe building tied to emotions within maybe this new food series that you're shooting or on your website? Yeah. Um, no, I, I love that question because I think that our emotions are a direct reflection of what we put in our bodies. It's so crazy. Um, and I tell this to people all the time, like how our gut and our like bodies dictate everything. And what we put into our bodies is like the catalyst for all of that. And it took me a while to learn that. I mean, it was like 2017 when I like first was like, oh, if I cut sugar out, I am never tired. Crazy. Um, And so, excuse me, I really do try to think that through by sprinkling in all sorts of different kinds of recipes on my blog and even in my show, healthy recipes, gluten-free recipes for those people that, you know, have that kind of an intolerance or sensitivity, um, low sugar. I love using honey instead of um, bleached white sugar, even in my baking, um, just because for me it is better and I don't crash as hard from it. Um, So all of that is like, impacting what I'm choosing to put on the blog. And especially if I'm going through a moment in my life where I'm like, I really want to focus on light meals, greens, like building up my, 
you know, immune system or whatever the situation is like that, that's what will end up on the blog. It's very much a reflection of like what I'm doing slash what's in, in season. So, but yeah, food, food is the driving factor for how we all feel. So we can't just eat tuna noodle casserole every day, even though my husband would love that. (laughs) (laughs) No, we cannot. And yes, I'm, I'm personally so inspired by what you've created and especially just using what's so meaningful and heart-based to you from your family to also thinking about what fuel and nourishment you're putting in your body. Danny, where can people learn more about you, what you're up to and get to try your delicious recipes? Yeah. Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Hey Danny Bakes. And I spell my name a little funny. It's D-A-N-I-E. Um, and then also on YouTube, um, my username is Hey Danny Bakes there as well. And you can check out my blog, www.heydannybakes.com. And you can rewatch my Top Chef episode. Um using the Bravo app or it's on Amazon prime. It's on YouTube. I'm episode six opposites attract. And even just the whole series. I mean, there's still some episodes coming out and there are all the episodes that came before me. So I feel like now there's like all these places you can find me, (laughs) which is so crazy. I'm like, what is this? (laughs) It's so fun. So fun to watch you like, live your gifts and your passions. So thank you for sharing them with all of us. Oh my gosh, of course. And thank you for being a guest on the podcast today. Oh my gosh, thank you. I just think it's so crazy, like how our worlds continue to intertwine year after year. Um, And like running into you in the middle of the street was great too. (laughs) (laughs) So this is been so great. I love that I still have your like force in my life because you always like help me center. So, oh, so honored. Well, thanks, Danny. And make sure to check out her website and Instagram and can't wait to see what you get to serve up on the dish. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to the center in the city podcast jump on over to Instagram and continue the conversation with Danny and I. You can reach me at one Wade and you can reach Danny at Hey Danny Bakes. I welcome you this week to think about how you can practice staying centered and creative in the kitchen. Share with us your takeaways and until next time, stay centered.